You're listening to the Voices Behind Women's Cricket Chat. That's Hannah, Georgie, Cassie, Mahika and Alex. Coming up on today's podcast... We've got Western Storm and London Spirit all-rounder Danny Gibson. We talked to Danny about all things KSL, playing in the inaugural 100, as well as playing T20s before the 100 this year instead of after it. She also spills some secrets on some of their teammates. Just a quick note to say that if you're writing, tweeting, spelling Danny's name, it's spelled D-A-N-I. We hope you enjoy this episode. Well, first up, thank you so much for coming on Women's Cricket Chat, Danny. So yeah, welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And we're joined today with Mahika. So Mahika, do you want to kick things off with the first question? Sure. So I was wondering, could you let our viewers, our listeners, sorry, know uh, how did you get into cricket and did your dad influence you in any way at all? So yeah, I got into cricket because my dad was semi-pro and also like my brothers play it and all my cousins play it. So just in the back garden, my brothers are quite a bit older than me. So they would come down for the weekend and would just throw tennis balls at me or get me to throw them at them. Uh, and then went to my club, Dumbleton, when I was nine, I think, for my first session. And yeah, loved it from there. So you had quite a lot of kind of male figures in your life then when you were growing up. And did you have any female family members as well playing the game? Not cricket. So my mum played like tennis to a good standard. I think my nana played hockey as well. So like my family is a really sporting family. And obviously my cousin Sam plays cricket and loves sport. A lot of them follow Leicester football as well. So I'm just surrounded by sport, really. Yeah, I was going to say your family are definitely big Leicester fans. I've seen a lot about that. It's huge. <laughs> Um, I was wondering, when did you like first realize that like this is something, something that you want to pursue professionally? And like, if your family, like, since your family is clearly so sporty, like, I'm sure they must be really thrilled that you decided to pursue sport as well. Yeah, so I played hockey and cricket. They were my two top sports. I played hockey throughout school, so from year three to year twelve, I played hockey. And then when I got to 15, I kind of like realised that I couldn't do both. So I had to decide and yeah, I decided to choose cricket. I enjoyed it much more and I just, it's a much better environment. I preferred it a lot. So yeah, that's, that's how I chose it and got into it really. I feel like we've gone really like bam, bam, bam at the moment. So we'll slow it down a little bit for you. (laughs) How would you introduce yourself to uh, kind of listeners and stuff as well? Like what is your kind of cricket story? What's your, you know, your bio, if you had to just sum it up in a few sentences well it's um danny gibson play cricket for western storm and london spirit uh, my club's dumbleton get injured a lot and hopefully <laughs> not for a while again but yeah i'm just quite a hard hitter of the ball love bowling love batting love fielding just love it all really and just get involved as much as i can i was wondering when you started off were you the only girl in, like in your club and if so how was the experience like I wasn't the only girl, so my dad was actually my first coach. I mean, I think there's like two or three other girls that were, it was under nines. So it was obviously very boy dominated, but my club's always been really wel- welcoming. And through all the age groups at Dumbleton, there was always one of the girls who now is in the women's team was always with me through all the stages. So yeah, it wasn't actually, I didn't feel like I was the only girl at club. But then like when I went to do, uh, EPP programs at Gloucestershire then I was the only girl 
and it is a bit daunting because obviously like I was the same age as some of the boys some are a bit older and like we're just built so differently and it was just a bit like gosh it's like a big step up but it was so good and I would like really encourage any girls to just get involved with boys or men's cricket as much as you can because it won't harm anything it will just make you make you better really that's so interesting because we um had Danny Wyatt this week as well and she was saying exactly the same things about boys cricket and how that does shape you and everything and like my experiences growing up was that that was the only option like there wasn't many other girls whereas I guess because you are are you 21 22 now 21 still 21 so slightly different generation and perhaps there were more girls that you could see playing or was it still quite like when you said quite male dominated yeah, it was just very, for me, growing up, very male-dominated. Obviously, we still had county, like women's county that I would play for Gloucestershire, which you played games and there was like one or two training sessions with the women team. But then, to be fair, thinking about it, when we had like age group county girls, they'd, it was like weekly or every other week on the weekends, get to mix and just play cricket with a, a load of different girls. And I think that's really good as well. But I, I would still stick by if you get the opportunity to play men's cricket, I would, or boys. I was also wondering, like, what's the mindset that you have going into it? Because like, we've heard a lot of stories where like, you know, girls might like, like, the, like our previous podcast guests, like they felt a bit intimidated or a bit out of place. So how did you like sort of go about like dealing with that? So obviously, like it is daunting and you, you're like, God, this is like so different to a women's cricket environment. And it's just like a whole step up. But I had my dad to be like, you've been picked for a reason. And it's just reinforcing that. Like you've, you're there because you've been selected and they see potential and they feel like you can do it. So you know you can do it. It's just putting your head down and just thinking, right, I can do this and not be embarrassed to fail because in those environments you are going to fail. And that's just how you just you get better. So I think it's you just got to go into it like a really open mind and just try and enjoy it as much as you can and make the most of the opportunities. Yeah, like that's how you learn, isn't it? Like you have to make mistakes to learn. And there's a bit of a difference between playing kind of village men's cricket versus playing EPP cricket and being around the lads in an elite environment. So what are your experiences of both? So when it comes to kind of playing club cricket, do you ever get any kind of ridiculous comments of, you know, like, oh, we've got a girl on their team and all that kind of stuff and those experiences. And then on the flip side as well, in the elite environment, what were those experiences like with the lads? Were they really accepting and help you in any sort of way? Yeah, so in like the EPP stuff, the coaches were really like welcoming, I think, which made like the boys realise that like she's obviously got talent and like she should be here. I luckily had one of my best friends in the EPP with me, so that helped a lot to get me into like them understanding that I can play cricket. But yeah, I say all in all, like they were really accepting, didn't judge me or, or whatever, things like that, and just like got on with their session and I just got on with mine. And then, so I went to s- private school, so I had Saturday school, so I didn't really play club cricket growing up, but I would play for school sometimes. I found it more difficult there because it was more like my team that I struggled with. Like you're in six days a week with these boys and then you've got to play with them. And it's like boys and girls playing sport like they're They don't want to, when you're training, they don't want to get out to a girl or like they don't want to get hit for a fall from a girl. So it was like some of them were a bit like not very nice. And then there were some that just didn't care at all. So it was just like a bit of both really. And I had teachers to talk to if I ever needed to, or like my parents or friends, but you've just got to stick with the people that actually back you because then 
if you stick with them, the others will realise, well, there's no point in trying to be mean or whatever. She's just getting on with it, so I should just get on with it. I was also wondering, how was it like having your dad as your coach? And like, did that add, did that, did that create more pressure for you? I wouldn't say more pressure. Definitely a few more arguments in the household. But I think, yeah, I don't really know. Like, I was younger, so it wasn't as like a big deal him being my coach uh it was more like fun sessions and there was also other coaches and then it was like when I got a bit older I wanted to go for a hit that was when he would like try and say a point and I was just young and would be like well you don't know what you're on about even though you played a really high level but I definitely think I was lucky like I'm lucky now because I can I can play a game and I can talk to my dad he understands it fully he can just give me feedback and advice and then I can just say what I think and we can just have a, like a really good chat and I think it really helps when you've got someone like that close to you. And I want to take you back to that kind of time when you were around 16 and making that decision between hockey and cricket. What were you thinking at the time and everything? Because cricket, I guess, at that time, and there wasn't this kind of full-time professionalism to kind of aim for. Whereas with hockey, I'm not too sure of the domestic kind of setup there. Is it funded well or not? That obviously hockey is an Olympic sport. There's obviously a, a lot of ambition to go down that pathway for girls. Hockey is like, it's very good at the high levels, but I'd say cricket's more developed on the stages to get to those high levels. And when I was choosing, I think I knew deep down that I would, I'd probably get further in cricket than I would hockey. When I went to like the camps for hockey, I was like, I'm just not like the right person for an England hockey player, I think. Like, I don't think I could ever progress to higher levels in cricket. Like, I feel like I can, I felt like I could progress more and make more of like a, a career in that that's how I like chose and I also again enjoy cricket so much more I think the teammates are a lot more nicer than cricket and the environments are a lot more welcoming how come you chose to uh, represent Wales and North England uh, so Wales is a county so I, I just <laughs> leave Gloucestershire because um they were in a lower league so I was like well I can either go to Wales or Somerset and Wales is closer for me so I went to it's technically Glamorgan but we call it Wales and women now we're focusing on Wales. Talk us through that move and any kind of key performances that stood out for you over the years. So the move was obviously Gloucester. I think we got demoted and I was at the stage where I needed to play like better cricket. Uh, so I spoke to Trevor Griffin, who was the KSL coach at the time for Storm. So I spoke to him and he said, Wales has got a really good setup. We've got an SNC, a physio. Ames, Amy Reese is a really good coach. Uh, I think it, that would be your best option. So I said, right, I'm going to go. Got in contact and yeah, I've loved it since. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to play this year because I broke my thumb. But I actually haven't played a lot for them because I've been quite injured. <laughs> but the games I have played, like I've loved it. The girls are amazing. There's not really a standout performance, I would say. But yeah, I think it's a really strong team, especially this year. Like now we've got Georgia Hennessy there. And I think next year could be a really good year. Yeah, especially when you had like Fionn Wynn and like CT and people like that in the Wales kind of group as well. But we'll come on to them in a bit. But I just wanted to know how frustrating is it to like break your thumb, break a finger? Because it's one of the worst injuries in cricket because it just ruins it, doesn't it? It's so so minute that has such a big impact on the game. Yeah, so obviously I dislocated it the first game of the season and then found that it was broke a week later. And I was like, we were like so shocked I could move it, I could do everything with it. But it was just like this tiny fracture. But luckily, like um, Storm put me through to this really good hand surgeon person. And they were like, you can put a splint on 
and you can play with that you just can't oh no you can do everything you can do in it but if like the cricket rules allow you so I can bat in it and I could field with it I can bowl with it but like I could still play because I could just bowl without it and then put it onto field but yeah it's frustrating because it was more frustrating the fact that I could do everything at home like I could, I could lift pans I could do everything and then I go to cricket and I can't like bowl or anything that it was annoying <laughs> didn't you also have like an injury on, like, on your ligament as well a couple of years ago yeah I did my ACL that in 2019 so like how do you sort of like uh, how do you get over it because it's so annoying when you see all of your friends and your teammates practicing every day and you're just like on the sidelines waiting to get the chance like how do you go through that yeah so I think with my first injury I had a back stress fracture so I was so that was like an introduction to like rehab and seeing every, everyone doing everything but luckily that was only like six months long and it's difficult because you've, you've just got to work so hard during the rehab because because you've done it it can happen again so you've just got to work extra hard to try and make it not happen as much again as much as possible and then yeah obviously did my broke my knuckle and then did my ACL so then it was like I didn't play cricket for I think it was like 13 months in total I didn't play a game and it's just so frustrating because like luckily it was lockdown for my ACL so I think that was the best thing for me but it's just like the not being able to walk and then like starting all that all again like it it was so frustrating and then I've got my friends at college who literally could do everything could get to lessons with no issues and I was like I can't walk down the hill like it's so like everything was just affected but then you've just got in my head I'm just like the end goal is to just get back playing so that that was what motivated me was like you want to play you don't want this to like stop or like hinder your performance so you've just got to work hard and just get back to it so mentally how have you found those kind of injury times and stuff because you mentioned you've been injured a few times it gets really frustrating but you have to have that elite mentality to be able to bounce back so what's been your strategies and have you sought out any kind of psych um, support I haven't looked for like psych support because my SNC and physio that I had during it I could talk openly to and just like let them know how I was feeling because in like those amount of times when you're injured you're gonna have days where you're like this is horrible like I feel like I can't do anything I've just feel down in the dumps and then you're gonna have days where you're like yes let's hammer this rehab let's get this done like it's all gonna be worth it so I think it's just knowing that you're gonna have like both of those ends of the spectrum and it's just like managing it and being open if you're working with anyone to just let them know like this is how I'm feeling today and then they can like guide you in like helping you get through your rehab so yeah I think you've just got I've struggled a lot with my ACL at the start because I was like I've just got back to playing while training it was and then now I've got to have a big operation it's like eight nine months minimum and then it turned into 15 months so it's just like a lot of it's a lot of hard work and you will struggle but you've just got to like be open I think you can't keep it bottled up because then you'll bottle it up you won't do what you need to do and then you won't get to where you need to get to I was wondering like when you recover from an injury and you're like then back on the field do you like still have that fear in your head that like uh, that you don't want to get injured again and does it like restrict you in any way yeah so when I got back from my ACL I was terrified to dive like I, I didn't want to do it because I was just like I know that if I get my knee stuck in the ground and there's like a little element of weakness like I'm I was petrified and then after like now even after my broken thumb I'm still wearing tape 
around it because I'm still just like I don't want it to get hit and then be injured again and I can a bit shine away from the ball in the ring and stuff so it's just you've just you've got to get hit once you've got to dive once and it was fine like as soon as I dived on my knee I was like oh it's actually fine like it's strong I've done all the rehab you just need that one moment like I'm still yet to have the ball smacked at me so I know my thumb's okay (laughs) you have to have that confidence and belief don't you because you just reminded me as well because it was against you in the hundred last year when former podcast guest Michaela Kirk did her ACL at Lords, and she got her foot stuck on the pitch and everything. And it's horrible when it happens to you so young as well, because you've got such a big future ahead. But is that more reassuring as well? Because you're like, oh, I still have got time. Yeah, definitely. I think like if you're not coming to the end of your career, but if you're like 30 and you get a big injury like that, it's your body is harder for it to recover. It's probably harder work to do the rehab and get what you need out of it so yeah like I was only 19 I think so like I've got so many years ahead of me I'm hopefully I'm getting all the injuries out of the way while I'm young and then get nothing later on so, so now moving on to the more positive aspect of your career how was it like taking so many wickets in the KSL yeah it was the KSL was really good for me introductory to like professional cricket like I was 16 17 and 18 in the KSL so it was just like, okay, this is what it takes. And then you've got all that, you've got the crowds, you've got the team, like the S&C, all those aspects. So it was a really good way to get me introduced to professional cricket. And then, yeah, like it was just amazing play, like being able to play at those grounds, some were on TV and then the finals days, they were amazing. And yeah, that year where I got to play, I was like buzzing. It was amazing. And just being around, like have, at that age, having Heather Knight as your captain, it was just like this, like I couldn't ask like for a lot more. Like I'm playing, it was semi-pro at the time, cricket. I'm young and I've got all these amazing players around me. And obviously in 2019, yes, you were injured, but you're still around that squad and Western Storm won that final KSL year. So what are the celebrations like? And can you remember much of that day? Yeah, Trevor Griffin got in, like, the family and friends up to the changing room, which was really nice, like, a really nice touch, actually. He did, like, a little speech, and then we sang the song in front of everyone, um, did, like, quite a bit of signing each other's tops, and Heaven and I asked people to sign a stump, and uh, lots of lifted, like, photos, lifting the trophy. It was just, like, a really good feel-good moment, like, everyone was there that was happy for us, like, one. Um, and everyone was just like buzzing and just so happy and then yeah I went back to the hotel and just carried on really <laughs> yeah big night out I think it was <laughs> it was a good night <laughs> yeah I um, was working with lightning at the time and I remember seeing Trevor in one of the clubs <laughs> yeah <laughs> not shot there <laughs> he loves it <laughs> yeah he had some interesting moves yeah he likes the gun finger and go round and round <laughs> that was definitely it that was definitely it because I was trying to think I was like what was the move it was yeah it was definitely (laughs) (laughs) oh now you literally like my head is now thinking about Trevor in this club which is not not a good place to be in I've (laughs) sorry I've completely lost my question so Mahika go for it so I was wondering how has it felt like sharing sharing the dressing room alongside Heather Knight and Anya Shropsol in the domestic circuit as well yeah, like it was it was amazing that you can't really complain to have such experienced and class cricketers like around you for like, what was it, like a month during the KSL. And then obviously we've still got that with the 100 and at Regions now. You just didn't want to be in the changing room of Anya when you just dropped a catch because I was terrified. 
And what players have you learned the most from? So thinking KSL days and then move on to the domestic um, regional stuff and also the 100, like obviously you've got to play with some big overseas names. Yeah, I'd say like the most, like the most influential is probably have a night because like just talking about tactics more, like knowing what ball to bowl or like the field placements. And then like batting wise, when I got to go out in the middle of the 100, like it was just like, I was so stressed because I'm, it's like quite a, big tournament and I'm like oh my goodness I've got to do well here and then she's like so chill and like just like oh these are my options blah 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 and it's just like it's just so like cricket is so simple it's just you've just got to like know the game and know your own game which I think she's like influenced me with a lot and then Dottin was a cool person to be around (laughs) she was just did what she did really like hit bombs hit some lovely shots one is the game so yeah she was pretty cool to bat with I was wondering, uh, did you have any culture shock moving from like, you know, like, like domestic tournaments, but like the crowds aren't as big to this huge hundred with millions of people coming in to watch you guys? Personally, I didn't really. Like, I've probably said five on like crowds. It's like I I enjoy, I think if there's less of a crowd, I feel more pressure because it's like, I don't know why. This just personally, I just feel a bit more like, oh. Maybe I'm I'm thinking about the game more, whereas like when crowds are in, you can just like when between balls, I can just turn around and watch what the crowd are doing, like take my mind off it. And then once the ball's bowled, being bowled, like I can get back on it. So I think I five off a bigger crowd and I think I prefer it a lot more. Yeah. And I was at your Western Storm match, the last one at Taunton and the crowd was like slowly filling up and stuff. But the noise they were making, because it wasn't it wasn't full out, unfortunately, but the noise they were making was amazing. Yeah, they love a clap at Taunton. Anything you do, they just clap it and it's, it's amazing. It makes you feel so good. <laughs> I do love playing there. It's like uh, probably my favourite ground to play at, especially for Storm. And I was wondering, like, did Dorton or Knight give you any like insights that, that you probably didn't have before the 100? Not really. I, well, Dorton helped me with like my slower ball, um, just gave me like one tip and I was like, oh yeah. That does help. <laughs> but I wouldn't say anything like specific, really. I just enjoyed watching her bat, really, and bowl at the start when, when she couldn't. And how did your family react once you got, like, uh, once they found out about your whole contract at London Spirit? It's, it's, it's an amazing team, being based at Lords nonetheless. They must have been thrilled. Yeah, they were. Uh, Dad was very jealous because he never got to play at Lords. So he was, <laughs> that was the first thing he said. But no, they, I've got such a supportive family. They're always like buzzing for me, watch them whenever they can. My brothers are amazing. Like, they live in Leicester and Southampton, but they'll try and make games if they can and they'll watch it every game on their live stream or whatever. So yeah, they were buzzing. And their friends as well, like their friends love it. So it's just like, it just, everyone just supports you and it's like, wow, that's amazing, well done. And you feel, it just makes you feel good. And then you've got all these people there watching you and you're like, oh, I've just got so much support. Like, I'm so lucky. It's pretty crazy as well to think at Lords. It's only kind of 20, 30 years ago, women weren't even allowed to go into a long room. Really? Honestly, the history, that's, to, that's for you to do so your homework now. Um, <laughs> so the inequalities that kind of women have faced over years and stuff, and like your generation now gets so many more opportunities. So you must be absolutely loving it. And are you, I guess like part of that is that, are you aware of the players of the past that have kind of like trailblazed away and how special does it is it now? Or is it kind of normal that you get all these opportunities? I wouldn't say it's normal. Like, I think I'm definitely aware that, like, cricket for women is, well, sport really for women has changed so much. Um, but I even think now, like, God, I wonder what girls in, like, 10 years that grow up through cricket 
like it will be so different for them like they'll have way more girls around just a lot like the cricket structure will be so much more like built and improved but yeah it, it we are so lucky that we're in this gen well I'm in this generation that is growing up where cricket is just evolving so much for women's which obviously it should be and it's just going to get better and better I was wondering did you have any idols growing up in, in, in cricket not really. My role model when I was growing up was Maddie Hinch. She was like England hockey goalkeeper. But I'd say my like favourite cricketer is definitely Freddie Flintoff. I love him. <laughs> He's amazing. And he was so funny. I love watching him on League of Their Own as well. <laughs> but yeah, so I just want to go back to Lords and everything. So the food at Lords as well, absolutely phenomenal. Like you did so well being based there during the 100. But what kind of memories have you got of that 100 experience playing at Lords? It's your changing room, it's your home. Yeah, it was just like, obviously we trained there for a few days before we played. So we had like a tour the first day, we met all the players and stuff. So then we got told told all these cool facts about the ground and like what certain cricketers have done here. And then we did, saw the museum, um, learned a bit about like the women's cricket and different things. And then, yeah, like obviously we, you flip a coin with the men's team to see who gets the home and away and we got the home so that was pretty cool because they've got all the boards of like the highest runs hundreds or and wickets and then the balcony you just well, like when the men are playing I think that's when it hits you the most because like, obviously like all the crowds in everyone's like talking the men are playing it's under lights most of the time that's when it's like wow this is amazing like I'm sat on Law's balcony getting to watch this um and I've just played so yeah it was I was very, I'm very lucky to be at London Spirit. I love it there. Yeah, like it's absolutely phenomenal, isn't it? Like the history of the place and like you said, like before the opportunities to play there, like before the hundreds, the last time the women played there was what, 2017 World Cup final? Yeah. And did you get to go to that final at all? Did you watch it in the crowds or anything like that? No, I think, I think I had a camp at Loughborough and then I was on my way back and I was like, there's a service station here and it was just, oh no, that's immense. Ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about when Ben Stokes hit it for four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I watched the Women's World Cup at home with my parents. I think I did our cricket that day and then I was managed to get back for some of it. So it's so inconvenient putting cricket on the Cricket World Cup final day as well, isn't it? <laughs> Going back to Western Storm as well. So KSL, obviously amazing times, big celebrations towards the end of that stint as well, winning it. But now this new era of Western Storm in the regional competition, Sophie Luff as a captain, how have you found the last few years? Yeah, obviously I was pleased to be back with Storm, um, just in a different competition. We've had a bit of a tough time, like obviously we, Mark O'Leary stepped down. So then we were trying to like, we've been trying to find a coach. I had Dan, who was our interim and he's done like amazing a really good job which we were really lucky about and then obviously we've got Trevor coming in so I think we're just waiting for a bit of stability and clarity on like what Storm's going to be but but it's it's like such a good environment I love all the players and yeah obviously Luffy's the captain been with her as a captain for like three four years now she was with her in the carousel so yeah we get on really well yeah because she had a she always has lots of good things to say about you and especially about that 200, well, almost 200 average strike rate with the bat. So let's talk about your batting. <laughs> I just, I don't know, really, like, I just like to hit the ball. <laughs> I think I've tried this year to have, like, a few more, like, structured innings, because I think that's, like, yeah, I can hit the ball big, but 
it's more like building in innings and get like staying in and getting more runs on the board. So I think that's gone quite well in the T20. And hopefully I can get a bit of time out in the middle for 50 over and really work on trying to build in innings. How are you so explosive? Like what is your technique all about and what have you been working on over the winter? I've got like very good hand eye. Like I've, so I think that helps a lot. And obviously the kit is lovely. I've got a really nice bat. Over the winter, I was working on like the offside stuff. So I've, I can hit leg side and that, but it was more just trying to figure out like offside options or straight options, trying to hit the sight screen. So yeah, I think there's always stuff to improve on batting and I'm just like slowly nibbling at the things that I think I could do better at. And you spoke about the girls being such a great bunch, but who are your kind of closest friends in the team? And what is that locker room culture like? I've known, obviously, Nat Wave and Alex Griffiths, like, I've grown up. I knew Nat Wave since we were, like, five years old because we used to play tennis against each other. And then also at Gloucestershire. And then Alex Griffiths, I played against her loads when we were younger and then with her at Wales. So I've been really close with them for years. And then Georgie Hennessy, she's just hilarious. We get on really well and we live quite close to each other. So we're sharing this quite a lot at the moment. So that's quite nice. And yeah, Luffy, very logical, very different to like who I am, but somehow we get on quite well. <laughs> so tell me about those differences. I think it works quite well. Like if we're ever in the middle together, like, I don't know, it's just like she's like the logical one that's thinking about the bowler, the feelings. And I'm just like, yeah, I should probably think about that too, actually. So then I'm like, right. And then if she she's getting stressed she got quite like in the game against Loughborough Sunrisers at the end of last season I could see she was getting a bit like stressed and I was like Luffy chill out like it's it doesn't matter like you've got loads of runs you're going to get more runs and then I think that helps her because then she's like yeah I'm actually fine I don't need to get so uptight so I definitely think it helps in the middle was that the Sunrisers match at Gloucester when she yeah. hit like 150 odd yeah I was like you've got she was on set like I think she was on 100 I was like laugh like chill out we've got like five overs left you don't need to get stressed <laughs> it was a really good match that one as well to be fair because um sunrise has like almost chased it or did they set or were it, no they were chasing right yeah we sat i think and it was a plus 300 score yeah they, they got really close in the end but obviously didn't do quite enough called cool, that quite well i think yeah she did called you Griffiths. yeah but yeah that was a good game it was a nice one to finish on actually yeah, no, definitely. I think there were some records being broken that day. I remember it was Luffy, it was something like 156 or 153. And I think Catherine Bryce with Lightning also hit around that. And then Amy Jones hit 163 in the season. So it was like really big, like really big scores, wasn't it? It was a bit of a battle for the record on that day. Yeah, it was good. Is there any kind of performances that you remember from last season that made you really proud? Gosh, testing my memory. Just thinking now we're on a throwback. <laughs> I was quite like the Sunrises, the last Sunrises game. That was a good game for me, batting wise. Just came in like at the end, nerded it around Luffy and then hit some shots at the end when we had lots of wickets in hand. I can't really remember it. I'm rubbish at stuff like this. I literally <laughs> I can't remember things. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but obviously you're named as one of the 41 female cricketers to get a full-time domestic contract. Can you remember how did you get a phone call? Was it over email? Like, how did you find out and what was your reaction? So I found out because we got those retainers first in June, 20, like the year of lockdown, wasn't it? 2020. And Lisa Paget rang and was like, 
we want to offer you this retainer and explain a bit and I was like wow amazing because I was meant to be going to Loughborough College and I was like right if I do this I can't really go to Loughborough and train in the southwest like it would be a lot so then I quickly transferred to Cardiff Met so I sorted that and I was like yes I definitely want to be with Storm so I accepted it and then we got told that they were bringing two more and then yeah I still kept mine so yeah that it was just amazing to like be one of the first um in the region with a few others and experience it from the word go really and just going back to your strike rate as well, I've just found here that in the 100, your strike rate was at 180, scoring 108 runs. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> so that is definitely explosive. Yeah, I like to just hit runs quickly, <laughs> a bit impatient. Anything else you want to mention about Western Storm before we move on slightly? I don't think so. I think we're good there. Yeah, perfect. Well, I guess, is there anything that people, like something unexpected about the storm camp that people wouldn't know? Like, what would something you think would surprise people? Gosh, what, like cricket-wise or... Anything, anything, but yeah, anything-wise. Because it's, it's a good opportunity just to get those kind of like personalities out there and get people to know you guys beyond just seeing, oh, Luffy's scored 150 and you've come in and you've hit first. Like, who are the people behind the scenes, I guess? But this is what this kind of space is for, is just to kind of share the stories that makes cricket fun. Okay, I think, so we went to Desert Springs, obviously, and we had to do a fact about ourselves that no one knew, and guess who it was? So Luffy's was, she's never had an eye test. Heno's, can't remember. Nat was that she, <laughs> she had an ingrown toenail. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fee was something about poo as a child, which wasn't very nice. I probably shouldn't repeat it, but... That's her kind of personality. <laughs> and then can't really think of any others, but I think there's like just a lot of funny stories behind us that obviously the public don't really hear, but as a group, we hear a lot of them and they're very funny and sometimes a bit, yeah. Yeah, because you, you guys have seemed like such a fun bunch. Yeah, definitely don't take things men- like many things seriously. I think we just think like, well, I think we're doing off a job that we should love. Like, we're very lucky, so why, like, just enjoy every moment that we can, really. And obviously, you got lovely bakes. Yeah. <laughs> all the time. So, like, it, it must be a fun place to work. Yeah, she's actually taking a backseat at the moment from baking, which is pretty disappointing and probably not really good enough. But it probably helps us to not eat so much chocolate. <laughs> Do you have a nutritionist for Storm? We have, like, a deal with Nutrition X. We had a talk, like a nutrition talk with them, I think, uh, last year, but nothing set in stone, really. So you can get away with some of her bakes without anybody telling you off? Yeah. I know I also think that if anyone tells you off for one bake a week, then I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> Is that what you get? Well, I thought you were getting it daily, to be honest. Oh, my goodness, no. <laughs> she used to do it on Fridays, and then she decided that she wanted people to donate money and then she, but she always says, make it clear that it's not going in Luffy's pocket, it's going to charity. <laughs> but then we started up to bring in money for it, which is outrageous. Yeah. And obviously the wages are good in cricket, but not, you know, there's still a long way to go. So two pounds a week is a lot of money for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Move, moving on a little bit. Actually, no, we'll keep on store. Charlotte Edwards Cup campaign. How did you find it all overall? Well, I love T20, so my favourite competition. Obviously, we're gutted to not make 
finals. We just lost one too many matches. I think we're pretty pleased with how we went out with a win against Sparks. And I think, what game was it? It was against the game before Sparks against, oh no, Sunrises game, the second Sunrises game where at Taunton, where we all just like, were like, this is Western Storm. Like, I think we didn't find that in the first three games. And we were like, this is Storm, like we enjoyed it we were out there having fun we batted well we did what we wanted to do batting wise our bowling airs were amazing so like it was just that was our game where we I think switched and I think that needed to happen earlier but it's definitely definitely a learner and we've got such a strong team like we could we could be so good we've just got to get all our things correct on the day yeah, and you are still a young side, so it's definitely time, and you can see that that evolution happening across the years, can't you? Yeah, definitely. And obviously, last year with the Charlotte Edwards Cup, unfortunately, it's the way this the competition's formatted. Like, I don't know why it's not just the top two teams in both A and B, because like last year you missed out just on run rate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a bit weird how they do it, but I guess you can't fit more than four, three T20s in a day. I find it mad how we used to do three, like there were three T20s in a day for county. We used to play like two a day. Where it was like morning and then night. And it was like, oh my goodness, it was a lot. But yeah, they obviously can't get more than three in. So I guess that's just how they've done it. And I also think we should have the Charlotte Edwards before the 100. Because that would make more sense transitioning from like the same format kind of. But then I guess I want it and like twine it in with the Vitality Blast. Yeah. And then we've got hopefully a bit of time to talk about England Academy and development and everything. So... How proud were you when you got called up to England Academy? Yeah, uh, that was really good. Didn't really know what to expect. My first call-up was like when I was 14 for the under-15s. And then it's just very, it was very different, the second academy that we had. And then obviously now we don't have one because we're with regions all the time, like travelling up to Loughborough every other weekend. But then we've still got games. There's games happening, like England A games in the summer. And if you perform well, you're going to get picked for them. But yeah, being part of that academy for, I think it was two years, was uh, really good. Like, obviously, class facilities and around, like, the best in the region. So, yeah, it was a really good opportunity. And your summer goals this year and then your long-term goals as well, what are they? Long-term goals is, obviously, I want to play for England one day. Summer goals, want to win the 100, just want to, I probably want to get 100, to be honest, in batting-wise in the 50 over. So hopefully, I think that's what my summer goal is, to get 100. <laughs> yeah, so Rachel Hay, hopefully competition starts in less than a month now. Yeah. And you've already spoken about that you want to try and build an innings and stuff, but talking about your bowling as well, how happy are you with that at the moment? Yeah, pretty happy. I think in... T20. Well, I mean, cricket, really, I've never seen myself as an opening bowler. And then Dan pushed quite hard for me to open the bowling. So I've been practising, like, working with the swinging ball and like, how to control it and where I need to run in from and uh, things like that. So I think that's actually been really helpful because it just adds another another thing to what I can do. And then I love bowling at the death. Like, I think that's the, where I ideally love to bowl. Hasn't Didn't go too well against the Stars, the very last over I bowled but hopefully like in the hundred I can get the opportunity to bowl at the death and bowl my Yorkers. So is that what you've been working on over winter mainly Yorkers or? Yeah my variations in Yorkers really just trying to nail them keep the run rate down at the end of the innings. And what is it about bowling at the death that excites you? I think it's because I, I back myself a lot with 
my plans now. So like I know that if I've got this field, I know exactly where I'm bowling it and what I need to do to change it to bowl a different ball. And I just, I think I enjoy like the challenge. Like it's like a bit between me and the batter then. It's like, right, you've got to hit me for this many and I've got to stop you. So it's just like, I th I'm like a really competitive person. So I think that comes into it then when it comes into the death. And final kind of question. So we spoke about your ambitions and everything, but what is something that you would love to tell our listeners about what you do outside of cricket, your personality and something again that they just may not know about you? Outside of cricket, I'm a coach uh, and I do a bit of teaching assistant as well. I'm just a very like relaxed person, very happy, very like, I don't know, take the mick out of a lot of people, but everyone knows it's a joke. <laughs> yeah, I'm very energetic, love a TikTok. So yeah, anyone ever wants to do a TikTok, then count me in. <laughs> That's brilliant. And the final thing we do is literally just like six seconds, quick fire questions. So it's literally just, you know, like favourite ground you played at and that kind of stuff. So you ready? Yeah. So favourite item on a village cricket tea? Chocolate Swiss rolls. Oh, that's a hell of a shout. Favourite ground you've played at? Taunton. Favourite sledge you've either given out or that you've heard? Uh, I said walking wicket and they got out first ball. Oh, who was it? <laughs> Capsy. Was it? <laughs> uh, when was this, sorry? Uh, it was at Beckenham this year. <laughs> I took care of wicket. <laughs> that is savage. That's really savage. Favourite team you've played for? Um, gosh, Spirit. <laughs> Not Western Storm, that's so rude. Uh, <laughs> you're going to be in trouble now. Favourite Luffley Bakes item? Uh, crunchy brownies. Your favourite wicket of all time that you've taken? I can't remember any wickets. Uh, favourite wicket? Oh, Sophie Luffin, the 100 first ball. <laughs> There's a lot of first ballers here. What kind of music do you like? Madness is my favourite. Last book you read? Harry Potter. Strong. Uh, Netflix or Amazon Prime? Netflix. Party or chill? Party. Favourite cocktail? No, what is it called? <laughs> oh, Porn Star Martini. I'm really bad at this. Like, I don't normally do this part. I'm terrible at this part. Um, the person with the worst uh, dress sense in the Western Storm team? Sophie Love. Funniest play you've ever played with? Uh, Henno. Most likely to get lost on a night out? Nat Rave. Dogs or cats? I don't have a favourite. I can't. <laughs> I'm really dreadful at these. Favourite food type? Steak. Steak. And I feel like that'll be plenty. But is there anything else you want to share before I let you go and get your boyfriend from the airport or to the airport? To the airport. Oh, Going anywhere nice? Going to Portugal to play rugby. Oh, very nice. Yeah, very jealous. Got yourself a good one there then. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope he gets there okay. Where are you flying from? Birmingham, okay. I'll say I've got a friend who's all over BBC at the moment because she had a wedding in Portugal and the flight's been cancelled from Bristol. Oh, no. So, yeah, she's literally all over the BBC at the moment because like her whole family literally booked out this plane pretty much. Oh, my um, goodness. Yeah, so I hope he gets that okay and there's no cancellations. And yeah, but yeah, no, thank you so much for doing this. But yeah, and good luck with Rachel Hayo Flint. Thank you very much. Cool. Well, I'll see you soon.
Massive thanks to Danny for coming on and being a guest on the podcast. It's clear to see that Danny is truly enjoying her cricket and she's hoping to, you know, like most cricketers, win some silverware this season. And if you want to keep up to date with everything that Danny Gibson is doing, she's on Twitter as at Danny underscore Gibson 01 and on Instagram as at Danielle underscore Gibson X. And to all our listeners, if you want to keep up to date with everything that we're doing, you can follow us on Twitter at WCricketChat, on Instagram at Women's Cricket Chat. And if you want to give us a like on Facebook, we are Women's Cricket Chat. If you'd like to give our personal Twitters a follow, then it's at Hannity1194, at Georgie Heath27, at Cassie Coombs98, at Mihika Barshney, and I'm at Alex Jane Forever. This has been Women's Cricket Chat. Tune in next time.